Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Happy Hour Hangout. Uh, as you can hear from my cohort, Travis, he popped his top a little prematurely, if I might add. Uh, but that means we're ready to get started. Trav, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Steve. How are you? I am doing good. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we have got a special interview pod for you guys uh, this evening. So we've got not only one guest, but we got two guests. Uh, first person I'd like to introduce is... Uh, Matt Lickenberger. Matt Lickenberger, say hi to everybody. How you doing, guys? I, Steve, I figured after about 10 years, you'd know how to pronounce my last name there, bud. Did I, I, did I screw that up? Sorry. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go ahead and skip over you. Uh, Matt, the person we're going to introduce is Lucas Sternberger. Lucas, say hi. Hello, everybody. How's it going? And, uh, yeah, we're going to have uh, quite a bit of fun. Um we're actually going to go ahead and just kick off the taste test here. Uh, Travis, I want to go ahead and have you start off, and then we'll let our guests get going, and I'll finish it off. What do you got for us? Absolutely. I am. Uh, this one is a little different, man. I am drinking uh, Can O Bliss IPA. You can see it there. Kind of. Very delicious. It's a tropical IPA. What do you think, Steve? What are you guys laughing about already? I hadn't even got to the good stuff. You got the blurred background going. Oh, so you couldn't see it. Oh man, that stinks. Okay, well, anyways, it's a it's a seven point two ABV. You know how I appreciate the uh, this the tough one, Steve. Uh, but this one's this one's a little fruity. Um, I kind of like it. It's uh, so on their website, it's got uh, kiwi, papaya, pineapple, and mango. Some other citrus flavors going on in here uh, on a pale ale uh, IPA version, and uh, it's delicious. Um, like I said, 7.2, which is uh, always fun. And I wanted to read you some fun facts about this brewery because they claim to be the original craft beer in a can brewery. So have you ever heard of, what is the name of this brewery? Cano Bliss. Who makes Cano Bliss, Steve? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar Blues Brewery in Longmount, Colorado. Now, you might be thinking, where is that? It's just north of Denver, fun fact. Uh, and they claim in 2002 they were the first brewery in the world to put craft beer in a can. And what they found is that uh, craft beers actually last longer in a can. Uh, and so they taste better and all these other things. And they're easier to transport, right? So prior to this, you had to get uh, either in a, in a uh, bottle variety or uh, from the tap, from your local bar, restaurant, that sort of thing. So kind of a fun fact about them. Uh, they are they have multiple uh, breweries throughout the U.S. and they are in all 50 <clears throat> states and 17 other countries. So pretty good size uh, brewery. What uh, what caught my attention was just the uh, the can. Um, it's kind of fun looking and uh, good beer all the way around. So I like to try different ones each time, Steve. As you know, I'm uh, I like the uh, uh, north of six and a half uh, percent seems to be my go to here lately. So uh, this one's good. Add it to the list, Steve. I think even you'd like it. I think the entire time we've done this, we're about eight, nine episodes in, you've never drank anything under 5%. Yeah, that's the way I roll, though, Steve. That's fair enough. <laughs> Matt, why don't you keep this train going? What do you got? Yeah, I'm rocking. It's a little less. It's 4.5%. It's, um, I don't know if you can see it there. It's a bush light something. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's um, looks like it's brewed by in and he's our bush something. And it's uh, it's 95 calories, so it's good for the hips. And uh, <laughs> haven't quite upgraded to the corn can yet, if you guys haven't seen that one yet. So 
Um, that will probably be uh, this weekend, probably dive into those. So, uh, But, yeah, it's a great beer. First time I've had one. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll probably go back for seconds. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Nothing like a bush latte. I like yeah, well, I get, is that what they're calling it now? I don't. I don't I know. think so. Okay, I think so. I'll try that. The corn cans, though. Yeah, Lu- Lucas, do you want to dare to do a taste test? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I uh, I brought with me a. Uh, can you see it? It's a Piney River uh, called Float Trip. Piney River is a little brewery in uh, around Houston, Missouri, just north of uh, like Montauk State Park. Okay. okay. They are actually the first uh, brewery in Missouri to can a beer. Oh. So, uh, first first craft brewery to, to can a beer. So, uh, and this is uh, this is this is the float trip. It's one of their many breweries or one of, one of the many beers. It's how you would think on a float trip. It's just light and crisp and uh, it's 4.5% alcohol, so not not too heavy, but it's really good. Uh, we, me and a couple of, couple of buddies go up there to, uh, go to Montauk for a fishing trip once a year. And after we get done fishing, we go up to, uh, their anniversary once a year around, uh, second weekend in, in March. So it's usually a good time and it's pretty good beer. So I like that. Cheers. Yeah. Heck yeah. Cheers. Yeah. That's a, I, uh, I certainly haven't ever heard of them. So I like that. And my favorite koozie, by the way, too. It's the, uh, <laughs> Steel, uh bachelor party koozie. Yeah. That's they a dandy. Great again. That, Which, for, really those, for those that won't be watching this is nothing but America. It's a, it's a homage to, uh, his boy, president Trump with the big American flag. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty classic. Thank you for that fun facted, uh, taste test there, Luke. Uh, so I, I will finish things off. So what I'm drinking is a civil life American Brown Ale, pretty fun logo there. Uh, and for those that don't know, Civil Life actually uh, makes its home here in St. Louis, actually South City. Uh, Travis, I don't know if you've been there. Lucas, Matt, you ever been to that brewery? No, it's I'm pretty not. close to my house. Yeah, it's it's very very almost walking distance. I think I've seen you walk there. Yeah. Um, so I won't get into the. It's actually a really cool story, but it would take several minutes. So essentially, Civil Life was started by three friends who came up with the idea for a brewery uh, at a home brewing party. It's three guys by the name of Mike Dillon and Jake. Uh, 4.8%. I keep it around the 4%. Got to keep myself straight and narrow while we're doing the show. Uh, but I looked up the IBUs for you, Trav. I know you're big on that. Ooh, uh, it's got 40 yeah. IBUs. Okay. Um, and the American Brown Ale, which I poured mine in a glass because I'm, I'm high class like that. So it, uh, it debuted in 2011, and it's been their highest selling craft beer uh, by far. And it's the only, they say it's the only reason they're... They've done as well as they have, and for somebody that doesn't drink as as dark of beers as I used to, I know that you're not big on the dark beer side, yeah. Matt. I'm not sure if you guys are really into that kind of stuff. Like it's quite beer. honestly the the lightest dark beer that I've ever drank, uh, and it's and it's delicious. Um, anywhere I go, if they have it on draft, I typically typically grab one, and uh, and it's pretty de- delicious. So. I will cheers to you, fellas. That was the taste test. Thanks for t- participating here. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. And let's go ahead and keep moving this train forward. So quick inter- introduction, kind of go over the history. Uh, so we have been friends since, uh, you know, our college days. We all went to uh, Southeast Missouri State, SEMO, <clears throat> together. We're all in the same fraternity. Uh, we've actually all lived together at one point. Uh, but what I really want you guys to kind of 
uh, talk about, just give a little brief introductions of yourself, and we'll start with Lucas, how you ended up at SEMO, um, you know, kind of what your major was, and and just kind of kick things off from there. Okay, yeah, well, I'm I'm from uh, Cape Area, I'm from Orion, which is just south, just half hour south of here, so I've been, been kind of uh, born and raised around here, and SEMO has always been kind of a school for uh, just being, you want to be comfortable Go but go to school at the same time. That's what it is. So, um, actually tried out for a couple of colleges and played to play baseball, but didn't. Uh, but I'll go. Uh, I'll go two years SEMO and then transfer to Mizzou or somewhere for a. Cause that was a. Cause I was an accounting major. So and and Mizzou has a better has a really good accounting program. So had that idea and uh, two years went by and. I like the program and I like the friends I met in, in college and so I stayed around and so born and raised around here and haven't haven't really left. <laughs> awesome. Yep. yep. Matt, how'd how'd you end up down there at uh, Cape Girardeau? Um, I don't know. I, I mean I really wanted to go away to school but yet still be a, a drive away. Um, if I wanted to go home for the weekend or whatever, that, that changed once I got involved, obviously on, in college, but, uh, SEMO was kind of that perfect distance. I can be home in two hours, but I'm still away kind of on my own. And so they were the, actually the only school I applied for. I took my SATs one time junior year, got the, got the national average and, and here I am. So, uh, really pushed myself in that uh, category, but, uh, I knew uh, kind of, this is kind of the perfect uh, fit for me and, and, uh, here I am. <laughs> all right keep it short like and sweet today they keep the no crazy the stories moving. no like you know i i walked six campuses in five days or anything like that so uh <laughs> it was semo kind of from the start i mean you love it enough. so much that you you uh moved down there and you've lived there yeah. ever since so i mean it, it makes <laughs> makes perfect sense so and it and it helps your brother went there too right matthew yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he kind of had the inside scoop. I actually never even toured the campus. I uh, applied, got accepted, and then a couple weeks later, a month later, whatever it was, they sent me uh, when my show me day would be. So um, kind of rocked it from there. Yeah. He just said that was a wrap. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know what? We're just gonna cut to the chase. Where do I need to sign? Where do I need to get this deal done. So. Um, yeah, okay. So like I stated previously, we, we've all lived together uh, at one point, and um, I know we talked about this in our previous pod when we interviewed Austin McConnell, um, we, what we called the Sunset House, which is the house we all lived off campus uh, on Sunset Street. It was right behind uh, Southeast Hospital, shout out. Um, and I think it's safe to say we have quite a few fond memories. So uh, do you guys have any particular fondest memories from living in that house? It could be about me, Trav, it could be about Matt, hell, it could even be about yourself, Lucas, and whatever you guys want to talk about. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and kick it off. Sorry, Luke, to kind of jump in there, bud. Uh, go for it, bud. Not anything, not a, like in particular story, but uh, me and Travis Sunday uh, afternoons used to really get down on some creative barbecuing. Um, <laughs> you know, chicken, stuffed apples. Um, we used to dice up uh, some potatoes and literally throw in every single seasoning that we could find. Let that sit in the fridge for about uh, an hour or two, and 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 uh, let the flavors really uh, multiply. So um, I'd say that was a, a big one. Another one, again, not uh, kind of uh, a broad story, but uh, we all, are, Steve and Travis and I, worked at Enterprise, um, 
And uh, it was like clockwork. We'd go out on Friday nights, no matter how um, early we had to be up for work the next morning, but we would jump in that sweaty mobile and uh, pick up every <laughs> single breakfast burrito that was between here and Enterprise and uh, and start our day. So um, those were two of the more generic yet broad uh, stories that I've got. So we'll kick it over to I Luke. Didn't, I didn't work there at all, man. I didn't work there at yes. all. I didn't, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get any, any of you guys your jobs there. Now, I know. That's why I didn't include you. Luke with the ultimate assist of getting us all hired there, by the way. I don't know. Was I don't remember if Lucas was the, the key player. Travis, I feel like you were the key player. Because uh, I well, remember. I planned the C for Travis to get in. And then kind of dominoes kind of fall from there. So, yeah. Luck. So, yeah, that's why I cut you out. So, I was, I was jumping straight <laughs> to the source. I do like the yeah. breakfast burrito and the uh and the damn sweaty mobile so the the sweaty mobile for our listeners is uh was a uh rested soul I, I don't think it's out there moving around anymore but it was a 99 honda civic uh where the ac had uh it was my car and uh I, it had uh stopped working at some point in time the ac and then to make matters worse the window on the um on the passenger side also wouldn't roll down so what made it so sweaty is that the uh, windows wouldn't really work, and it was 90 degrees with no AC. And to, to top it all off, at Enterprise at the time, you had to wear a uh, shirt and tie, uh, and uh, it was it was warm, <laughs> very warm. Tra- and Plus, uh, and typically, last, uh, hangover. <laughs> yeah, Travis usually smells really good. So <laughs> thanks. I, I will that. I will make a final note on that and just thought and say that you know for for those of you watching this on YouTube the paint job is a combination of Travis and Lucas's polo it was a very it was like a hybrid hot turquoise um, like you're like you're, you're gonna have to help Travis on the colors there bud <laughs> just like your wall yeah. that's pretty, pretty close yeah but I, I actually want to correct Travis because I thought it was a 67 model. No, 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 no. 99, okay. 99. Okay. Yep. Well, Lucas, Lucas, I need your fondest memory of living at the okay. Sunset House. Well, Steve, you weren't really, you did, You were kind of there when I was living there. You were, I was, you were on the way in as I was on the way out. So you were sleeping on the futon in the middle of the living room. For, we have talked about how I lived on a futon for, for a, a month before you moved out. Yeah, so... Memories there is it's, it's funny with you because you lived, you were the guy living on a futon in our in our main floor, but probably one of the funniest things uh, is one of two things. Uh, one when Austin found that dog, which is now which he still has, so Darby and he he raised Darby in this house for a long time and. Uh, I know he's listening to this, but he was a suspect owner at, at the beginning of his of of his dog owning career, and so it was it was uh, it was a challenge to 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 watch Darby when Austin was he was a full time employee at a, at a company, so he wasn't there all day. So it was that, that was the tough. model dog owner. Yeah, yeah, and then Matt, the Matt was was a really good trainer. He would he, he that he I think that dog was probably still scared of newspaper. From, from, from the actions that Matt was doing to his dog, uh, but a funny story was about about Travis would be uh, he was trying to hook up his uh, 
either an Xbox or a PlayStation. Uh, and it was back in the time when it still had the red, yellow, and white uh, hookups at the back of the TV. And Travis mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago, but he's colorblind. And so I was sitting here watching him put the thing in, and he was having the hardest damn time. I'm like, Travis, what is going on? What? Just yellow to yellow, red to red, white to white. He goes, looks at me, he goes, hey, I'm colorblind, dipshit. I'm like, oh, shit. So uh, I got a pretty good laugh at that, and I, I felt really, really, really bad after that. In, in my defense, too, if I remember right, that TV was really old and weathered, and the, uh, the colors weren't nearly as bright. On the back of the oh, team. Yeah. That's what it, yeah, I, that's it was, what I think it actually was. It was still, it was still red, yellow, and white. So <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair enough. Oh, I love it. I, love I had it. stated before, we give Travis a lot of shit for being colorblind. <clears throat> all right, that's all right. It's funny. You should have seen his formal outfits. What kind of ties he'd come up with? I mean, it was, it was impressive. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I always felt like I was the most stylish in the bunch, but oh, that yeah. was just me. Yeah, that was just must have been just me. <laughs> Luke, well, let's uh, let's switch it over into uh, into some quick career talk. So I'm fascinated by both of your guys' work. Um, and uh, Luke, I know you're in commercial lending, and I just like quickly. I mean, let's not go too deep on this. So we, we nobody here has any idea what it actually is. But hmm. what is it? How did you end up doing it? And um, just like what what's kind of the your day to day? Okay, so I uh, <clears throat> I got into it because I was a CPA firm and didn't have a CPA. Uh, license so and i saw the way the partners lived their life and so i was like you know what that ain't for me i uh so i went to looked at one of the one of two big things in cape are banking or hospitals those are two huge things there's like 14 banks in a in, in cape with a population of 40,000 people it's pretty pretty impressive um so found an ad for and that literally an ad in the paper for mm-hmm. credit analyst at alliance bank and so I uh, didn't know what a credit analyst was, looked it up, and it's actually just someone who reviews financials and tax returns and kind of says if the credit's good or not to, uh, for somebody to borrow money against for the, for, for the bank. <clears throat> so I started doing that. I was doing that for about a year and a half, and the CEO was like, you'd be a pretty good lender, he thought. Uh, and so and the CEO of the bank tells you you're going to be good at something, and so you got to jump and do it. Uh, so basically mm-hmm. – uh, what I do is, um, I I still do analyst stuff on, on on my own credits, but I go through and uh, give people financial statements and their tax returns and uh, make sure they make they, they make money or and their projects that they want to borrow against can make its own payments without having to use other forms of income from the from the borrower. Mm. That's that's called cash flow cash flow lending, and that is pretty easy and pretty. It makes the best sense. But if some if sometimes uh, if it's a cash business, and like like sometimes rentals or cash business, you don't always get checks or deposit uh, or direct deposits. You get cash. So not every time everybody makes the uh, puts that on their on their tax return for Uncle Sam to look at. So you got to kind of be creative and <clears throat> read between the lines and. Uh, Sometimes attach other collateral to make the 
to make the project work and to make uh, to make the loan look good. And that's I thought really the best way of doing it, but it happens, and that's kind of what I do. I mean, I, I mean that's that's day to day. Go through, make get couple get phone calls all the time. People who want to start new businesses or start uh, real estate companies or uh, all that all that kind of jazz. Pretty interesting. Hmm. Pretty entertaining. Can you can you jump into a little bit on that on that last part of, of the phone calls that you get of you know start I want to start my own business or I want to buy you know some some real estate Can you talk a little bit more about that that process more kind of on on a length side You know what you know how does that work from going from point A to point Z to the, that person inquiring to that person owning What's what's that look like? Um, typically, what it looks like, which is typically what it looks like, is somebody wants somebody calls the bank. They have a house. They here keep a good rental property. Cost probably $85,000, $90,000. And so typically they want to finance 100% of it, which is usually not possible because uh, uh, the, our regulators don't like to see that because that's just kind of, it's not good. It's not a good credit to finance 100%. So then I typically say we, we require 20% down. So to get into the game, you usually have to have some kind of capital or something that, uh, Something you can borrow against to make capital. So, say say you have a house that you own. You own your own your own personal house, and you have a give eighty percent equity up to like forty grand. You can use you can leverage up that forty grand of of capital of, of equity to use as a down payment to purchase this property. That's not what mm. we usually like to do. We usually like to see cash because that's that makes you have more skin in the game. That's what my CEO uh, always says. He goes, "It's it's always good for the for the borrower to have skin in the game because it holds their feet to the fire a little more. If if the, if they're just borrowing 100 or yeah. using somebody else's money, it's that's not they're not going to care about the property. And you you guys probably seen that. I mean, kids that get cars given to them when they're 16, they keep they treat those things like shit. I mean, that's not a but when they borrow their own. Buy their own vehicle. That's the one that kind of keep they kind of keep that one a little more uh, pretty and clean and stuff. So that's kind of the same way with houses. Someone wants to borrow borrow a property or borrow money to buy a property. You got to have money down. Um, the rent has to make sense. You have to be charged enough rent to cover the mortgage plus uh, expenses. So uh, capital. And then I usually require two. Two years, two, three, two, three years tax returns and a personal financial statement, which kind of gives you an idea of how liquid or how uh, how financially sound a person is. So, in a nutshell, there it is. Outside of the financials or having skin in the game, let's say that uh, Travis is ready to get into a career in real estate. What are what are some uh, advice or tips that you would give uh, to give a, a a general individual like him? Um, I would say that, uh, looking at foreclosures, best people usually start there. That's usually not a good idea because those, because those foreclosures are usually there. I mean, you can, you can, like, there's, there's sometimes there's diamond in the rough. Uh, usually it's just rough. No dime. Uh, I, bought a rock I, can, rock. Right. I can, I can, I can, I can attest to all that because we've, I've foreclosed. We foreclosed uh, on probably close to 40 properties since I've been there. 
30 of them were with one guy. He passed away. So that really kind of inflates the – makes us look bad. But one guy passed away at 30 shit, uh, bad properties. Uh, but they're all – all proposals are bad. So I would say uh, look at uh, some cheaper properties that are for sale by owner because you because you won't get uh, commissions off that from a realtor. Um, usually in a decent neighborhood, I wouldn't start with HUD housing either. HUD housing is not good because you get bad renters in there. And even though the money is guaranteed, it's, uh, it's still, still no good. Uh, so yeah, I, I look for a cheap ish house. One, they don't have to fix up too much, but one that can, that you can, that you think you can charge enough rent to make the payments on it. And I like it. I hope you've been taking notes before you start playing Slumlord. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I'm uh, uh, especially interested in that uh, topic, so I, I appreciate it. that. Was more for me, I think. I, hopefully, the listeners took something out of that too. But I, uh, I, I love that topic. Um, let's switch over to uh, Matt. Um, so I know uh, generally what you do. Uh, I wouldn't know how to describe it though. So, what do you do, and how'd you get into it? I am a regional sales manager for a company called Classic Equine Equipment. Uh, basically, we make high-end stabling equipment. Uh, so I envision everything in a horse barn, but the structure itself, we can basically outfit it. Um, so how I got into it was actually kind of kicking back to enterprise. I rented a car to a guy who worked for Classic Equine. Uh, the corporate account popped up. It caught my attention. Um, obviously, with enterprise, I was in sales, and but I grew up showing horses. So it was kind of a natural fit. Uh, we walked outside. I said, hey, you know, what's this company? What do you do? Where are you located? He kind of gave me the quick rundown, gave me his business card. A couple months later, I reached out to uh, the president of the company, set up an interview. He had just recently taken over the company as president. And uh, uh, April of 2015 was when I jumped uh, ship from Enterprise over to uh, Classic Equine. So, um, regional sales manager. Uh, I oversee um, a larger territory. I have majority of Canada um, down uh, the east coast, uh, the northern uh, east coast. So um, like up in New England, it, I do have uh, down to South Carolina, but there's a gentleman who lives in Virginia that uh, has a couple of those states in between. So um, and then I cross over in kind of the upper Midwest. So Michigan, uh, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois. Um, so yeah, uh, essentially, um, I work a lot with, uh, builders and architects. We do work hand in hand with the individuals themselves too, that are, that are putting on these projects. Um, uh, typically the, uh, clientele we have, have, uh, the disposable income. Um, so, uh, we did not see any sort of downturn or anything like that from, uh, these recent, uh, market crashes. Um, so kind of full steam ahead. That's, uh, that's interesting. So like for, uh, for layman's terms, it would be like if you were, uh, you weren't building the house, but you were outfitting everything inside. Yeah. The structure's up. Stables, yeah. Right. Yeah. Structures yeah. up. We come in, we do all the, the stalls, um, all the barn doors, barn windows, flooring, all the accessory items, fans, lighting. Um, so everything in the barn, but the, the bones. So that's uh that's incredibly fascinating what are uh what are like the the coolest job you've been a part of like what like throw out a price tag is more what i'm curious about but then like what all did you guys end up doing on the inside of this thing 
Yeah, so we, we work a lot. I say a lot, but uh, part of what we do is uh, being in the, the market that we are, the higher end, uh, we do deal with celebrities, uh, some big university projects. Probably the coolest job that I've done was far from the largest. Uh, it was a guy in Hampton, Massachusetts. Uh, he bought this place. Uh, it was a kind of a back in the day. It was an old place, but it, back in the day, it was a hub for three of the local mobs. Um, so it was this like mob house, this giant like stone castle house that had this really cool smaller barn. So, um, like I said, it was it wasn't a huge project. It was super cool though. Uh, I actually visited that one, and uh, the guy went all out, cooked us crazy steaks and uh kind of throwing back to the beer thing there was a uh microbrewery up there called treehouse brewery um write that one down it's a great <laughs> one he <laughs> we got um we were feeling good on treehouse brewery and uh he was telling us a story and and how they came about but uh, y'all let you guys do the research there but just a really cool place the place actually burned the house burned um uh, prior to him taking ownership of it so he revamped everything and, and we're talking a massive it looked like a castle and uh he said man if only these walls could talk like who knows what happened in this place they had like underground tunnels throughout like the whole yard it was it was crazy it was really cool jeez yeah that is cool that's yeah. such an interesting territory that you have um so i mean how often do they does this, does this have you traveling yeah, we travel typically two to three times a quarter. Um, we we work a lot remotely. Um, the the quote unquote good jobs is with the ones we visit. Um, you know, if someone's looking to to buy a stall front, I'm not going to jump on a plane and and meet them in in New Jersey. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Um, but if you're going to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars, yeah, we're going to schedule something and get face to face. And I know this varies, obviously, from job to job. But when you have a job that requires you to go out there, and or you know, you guys have this all all set up. What's what's the kind of the average time frame that it takes to get that completed for the your customer? Yeah, so I mean, some of the, our our sales cycle can be it can be years. Uh, other times, you know, you get a phone call and they say, "Hey, I need X amount of whatever it is, and I need it as quick as you can possibly get it to me." Um, so. As far as an average, we probably get involved probably six months before um, they actually need equipment, um, and then you know it kind of it kind of ranges from there. But um, we're you know once we get an order, we're six weeks to to produce it and get it on site. So um, yeah, I mean these are these are regular fairly large projects. So I mean there's a lot. It's like moving a mountain a lot of times. So especially when you get into to public projects and, and government projects. Uh, when we're talking, you know, state universities, there's so much red tape and and same, you know, we just did Fort Myer, uh, which is out in uh, the East Coast. And again, you know, that was an eight month sales cycle just to get in front of the right people. Oh, wow. So that is that's really crazy. Cool. I find that super interesting. All right, Luke, Lucas, uh, we're going to go into a topic that is near and dear to Travis and mine heart uh, because we have really gotten into the landscaping game. I don't know if you've heard. Oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> I know that Travis took a lot of tips from you, so appreciate you putting my boy to work. Um, but you're you're the landscaping guy, um, and Ooh. I want you to run through a little bit of what your process is like, because uh, no offense, but you're kind of neurotic about it, and I really want to hear you talk about it. Um, 
I'm more of a, a of a grass and mulch kind of guy. Not okay. really landscaping itself uh, um, is not my thing. I don't I don't I like planting things because you have to take care of it. I like stuff like hedges. You can just trim those once a year and be good. But uh, as far as grass, I mean, what do you want to what do you want to know about grass? I mean, well, I got a couple <laughs> things, Luke. Actually, that's funny. You should ask. Took up your advice, right? I got the straw down. I got I've got it nice and watered. I've got plenty of rain here lately. And uh, I'm starting to get a little long in all my other grass. Can I cut it while I'm still trying to grow where the straw's covering? Yeah. 100%. I'm not yeah, going to screw think, anything up. Yeah, because I think one of the pictures you sent me, you got you have plenty of of, uh, of of straw on it. So Wait, I went heavy on the straw? That was too much? <laughs> I wouldn't say you too much. You had a semi but... of straw come in, Travis. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd say you have plenty on it. I just put it that way. I mean, I think I think <laughs> okay. I, I think we went through, yeah, I think we went through with a mower and knocked some of that loose stuff <laughs> off. It might be might be good. You might, might actually see some stuff growing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I got I got to tell you, he was really stressing about that all week, and you, I kind of feel like you ruined his his entire spring just just no, by that answer right there. He's good. He's good. No, uh, I, I like it. I uh, I have been actually kind of stressed. Because I was like, and I, there, I went through like a three-day period there where I was blowing you up on uh, tips out there. And I'm like, well, I'm certainly not going to ask him this. I can figure this out. No, I love it. couldn't figure it out. No, <laughs> How do you so put good. the tiger stripes in the grass? That's what, that's what I really want to know. How do you get the lines in the grass? It's just, I mean, it's just a mower. I, I just, you just mow straight lines. I don't know. I mean, that uh, starts off, you got to, you got to, you got to, this is coming from a guy who killed his lawn twice. Once, <laughs> once on accident. And we're taking advice from this guy. Can you can you explain yeah. that accident just for, for everybody? To yeah. know what's the difference between an accident and then on purpose? That's what I want to know. The, the on purpose was because I had a lot of a lot of crabgrass, and that crabgrass sucks. It you, you cannot. I've, I've asked I've asked several people about how to how to kill crabgrass. You can kill it temporarily, then it'll come back next year, and it just keeps coming back. So mm-hmm. what I got advice was. Uh, if you don't know what crabgrass is, it's it's a big kind of a, a I don't know how to describe it, just a big bundle of of, of broadleaf grass that that kind of just takes over and it shoots up real quick and it looks terrible compared to other grass. I mean, my I use I use turf fescue. That's that's the grass I have in my front yard and that's that's stuff that that, that looks good. Um, anyway, so I had I had probably forty percent of my front yard was all was was crabgrass and so i said to kill it and they said you got to kill your whole yard kill the whole yard rake it up uh till it up and then replant overseed straw it water it you, you, you do that during the fall usually the way it has time to grow over the over the winter so i did that i did that in september killed it all reseeded uh planted and all that stuff and it came in really good the next year, except for the edges. I guess it didn't. I didn't till those up very well. But uh, so the next year came through, and I had some crabgrass, and uh, I think I dealt with that for about a year. And then so the following year was 2018, and I was getting married, and I was having a bunch of guys over at my house. I think all three of you guys were some of those guys. And I was like, my yard looks like shit. I'm gonna kill this. I'm gonna come. I'm, I'm gonna kill this. Kill some of these crabgrass spots before the guys get here. Well, uh, it was July, I think. 
and uh, had some buddies, had some family friends in Oregon, gave me gave me just these mason jars. That's what you do in Oregon. You get mason jars, um, semi labeled full of chemicals. Uh, and I had misread one of the chemicals, and it was uh, Roundup, and it was not crabgrass killer. That was the other bottle that I had. Um, so I sprayed that all over the yard and came back after the bachelor party or after the golf round and it was all messed up. And the guys walked across, across the yard. They're like, damn, your yard is crunchy. I go, yeah, it's just, it's just hot outside. <laughs> then I was in the shower. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? It ain't that hot outside. I'm pretty sure I killed my yard. And then Is I went outside. The first and I, shower of the week, Luke? Yeah. 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 And so then so, I, went, I went outside, looked at, looked at my bottle that, that I used, and it was the Roundup. And so oh, let me, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there. Um, so your grass died. Your yard lost all its grass because you had a mason jar of chemicals that you read wrong. That is that is correct. Yes, yeah. that is why people don't move to the country, Luke. I, I, I'm in the middle of the city. <laughs> no. So but, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess that you uh, learned from your mistakes, though. Yeah, and I and I used and I used better chemical and I and I and I and when I replanted again, actually I didn't replant. It was my buddy um, uh, Steve Festy who came through and helped me out with that because he has he's a well, he does, he's a he's a landscaper. He helped me with. Oh with uh planting and uh seeding and strawing over everything and he told me different spots to do and different how and different ways to do it how, how to do it and so uh it helped really well and i'm um, actually uh use the scotts brand stuff that stuff works a lot more a lot better than the regular menard brand because that that's what i used the first the first year i tried it didn't work i've used scotts the last year and a half and uh my front yard looks like uh you can play the Masters on it. Pretty good looking yard. <laughs> All you right, yard of the week. I, will, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yard of the week. <laughs> You're, is it seven or eight weeks in a row here? <laughs> not, well, not one at all because they don't do that cape. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so what? Uh, what projects you got in mind for your uh, for your yard in the future here, or coming up over the summer? Well, you got to use the. Uh, the three, I can't believe it's, I can't remember if it's three or four uh, uh, treatment plan. You got to, got to, you got to do it in the fall and early in the spring with this one type of treatment. Then you got to do late spring treatment, then summer treatment, and then spring treatment. Or uh, sorry, fall fall treatment. That's what I, that's what I do. I mean, you got to follow the plan, and they they, can't, they you got to use the Scotts app. It's also oh, app, Scott's right. app. All right, now we're wow. some truth. All right, heck yeah. It, hey, it, give me a second here. Your, I'm going to get that one downloaded. It tracks your location, and then it, it, it kind of tells you temperatures in the area and the time of the year. It'll tell you, okay, it's good to plant. It's good to throw this this type of fertilizer or this type of, uh, of nutrients on, on, on your grass. And so you got to keep doing that, and uh, that's it. I mean, I... My, 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 my next my next thing is I'm going to mulch. Probably going to mulch on Saturday. I love mulching. Mm-hmm. Even though I love, love the smell of, of fresh mulch. It's, it's one of the best smells in the world. There you have it, man. 
I like wow. it. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's switch gears. And uh, Matt, I'm super excited about this topic because um, side hustles. And yeah. you got a little deal you got working. And I don't mean to call it little because I know it's quite the business you're running. Uh, but how did you get involved? Tell the people what do you do. And uh, go ahead and shout it out, man. I, there's gonna, <laughs> certainly going to be some listeners in southeast Missouri that are going to be interested in the uh, the product you, uh, you offer. Yeah. Tell us what yeah, you do. actually, uh, a simple phone call um, was the inspiration of this, and I think his name was Travis Neal. He uh, he called <laughs> me one day. He said, "Hey, what do you think about uh, this side gig I'm thinking about starting?" Oh, and he he, uh, he went in uh, how he was going to start making coasters, <laughs> and uh, the light bulb went off. <laughs> and uh, the light bulb went off. It's like, man, if Travis can crush it making these coasters, maybe I can. Maybe I can do a little something. And um, <laughs> really got the wheels turning. Uh, and just kind of took off from there. So, um, no, but in, uh, in all seriousness, how it started was, so I had an older 800 uh, Ranger, just a model. Um, Michael Callahan, shout out, picked it up for me uh, in St. Louis somewhere. I don't even remember. And uh, that was going to be my toy. I uh, had it for a year and a half or so and wanted to upgrade to the next model. Well, my lovely wife told me that uh, whatever I sold this late model for, I could add a thousand dollars to it and uh to go up to uh to upgrade so i was like ah, okay so sold it uh, relatively quick um found a, another side by side it wasn't the one that i wanted long term but it was a deal picked it up knowing that i was going to sell it and uh sold it a week later and then i found one in memphis tennessee that this was going to be it this was the one i was going to have long term this was the side by side i've been looking for blah 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 went down picked it up and uh, I said, well, shoot, you know, maybe I'm just going to post this thing for some absurd price, see if someone wants it more than I do. Posted it, and like a couple of days later, the guy was picking it up, and and that's really what uh, the light bulb went off. I was like, well, shoot, maybe I can, maybe I can just do this. I, I want a side by side, and I'll just use the one that I've got, and um, just kind of bought one. Uh, one turned into two. Two turned into uh, me partnering with uh, Callahan. And uh, so that we could have a larger inventory, obviously uh, joining forces increases capital. Um, so um, did that for a while, had, you know, two, three, four side by sides at a time um, going on three years now. Um, the distance thing and jumbling money back and forth, Callahan and I kind of went our separate ways, still help each other out. He's doing his own thing. I'm doing my own thing. And um yeah, I mean, it is, it's crazy. Like, I, I thought, like, with this COVID deal going on, like, people would draw in the reins, you know, hold tight to the money they have. It's actually been the complete opposite. I don't know if people are, like, sitting at home on their couch wondering, like, how in the world can I get outside? I need to buy a side-by-side so I can take a ride. Or if they're thinking, hey, interest rates are good right now. Let's spend our money now. I don't know what the deal is, but it is, these last two months have been absolutely crazy. Jeez. So let me ask check. you. So yeah, that's a stimulus check. I'm sure helped. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you, uh, how, how do you, how do you identify like good buys? Like, is it just something that as the more you do it, you kind of know, all right, they got that way underpriced or will you pick up the phone and you're like, Hey, I'll buy it, but it needs to be $1,500 cheaper. Like how, what's your process with getting, buying these things? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty particular in ones that I'll mess with. I, you know, I deal with low mile stuff, 
newer models, um, low miles, you know, clean rigs. Um, so I, and I, I've been doing it obviously long enough now and sold enough to where I know, I know what they're worth and I know what I can sell it for. Um, so, uh, a lot of times you just start lowballing people and, and hell, sometimes people bite on it. Sometimes it takes a week for them to sit on it and then they're like, you know what, fine, whatever, come get it. Um, but you know, when you have cash in hand and, and can go in an hour to pick something up, people are like way more apt than to deal with, Hey, I need to go through a I can sell it, but this guy wants to go through a bank and now I got to deal with this and that when you can make it easy and uh, streamline the process and say, Hey, I've got cash. This is what I'll give you. You can have hundred dollar bills in your hand in two hours. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you just got to find, you just got to search. Sometimes it's harder than or easier than mm -hmm. other times right now uh, with the way things are going. It's, it's been pretty hard to find inventory. Um, but uh, the nice thing is over the last year and a half or so I've started to buy enough from different dealers and that kind of develop a relationship with them where hell they'll just call me and say, Hey, what will you give me for this trade in? And it'll help them get a deal. Um, you know, if I can buy it straight from the customer cause a dealer's not going to give you shit for a trade in. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, working the dealer side has been, been good for sure. So, so I got to ask, because yeah. I've, I've kind of seen this, you know, the success you've had with this firsthand and you've been really successful with this, um, you know, and this obviously, you know, from what you've been saying, sounds like it all started from you just wanting one of your own. Do you, do you have one of your own or do you just take what you, you, you keep buying and just using it out until you sell it or yeah, how, More how or less. is that working? All right. Yeah. I mean, I just use the ones I've got. I mean, I've got typically if things are going right, I've got three or four in the shop. So, um, I'll just, you know, grab a key and use whatever I've got. Um, sometimes I don't have anything and that sucks. So then I get, uh, I really start searching hard to find something just, um, so I can throw the trash in the, uh, in the back and, and take it to the road. Cause I've got a long driveway and I don't like to roll my trash can down to the curb every Monday morning <laughs> at six o'clock. So yeah. Well, there and you I'll go. Say I'm not surprised there. there yeah. You, there you have it. <laughs> Heck yeah. So let's, yeah. Let, let's say that, uh, someone comes to you cause they, they've seen what you've done. They want to kind of do what Travis. you're doing, but Tra Travis is coming to you, but not for the yeah. coasters. I need something, yeah. maybe a little higher, uh, profit margin. What, okay. what would you tell me to do? Well, obviously, um, know your financial means and how aggressive you can get and jump straight into it. Um, you know, we started slow and just kind of grew it from there. Um, do something that you're passionate about. I mean, I, I can't say if I was selling ink pens, I'd, you know, jump on Facebook every day and try to find a deal on them. Um, but I, I like side by sides. I like, you know, the business, um, uh, do something that's fun. Um, again, but know, know your financial means and how aggressive you can jump, jump in for sure. Travis, I got a bunch of coasters you could sell, so you could, if you really wanted to use that business model, you could. Full disclosure that uh, that idea failed, and I never actually did anything with it. So uh, did uh, did the search in the Craigslist free ads like to take too much of your time? Is that why the coaster business didn't? Yeah, take off? no, there's a lot of lot of factors there, Matt. But let's go ahead and move uh, <laughs> move off of this topic. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Steve, I want to tease this one out, our, our final uh, final here. Um, 
we had an idea uh, uh, this was going back a few weeks now, if I remember right, Steve, where we thought that it would be funny to um, originally it was just going to be a me and Steve thing. And we were going to stack rank our roommates at sunset. Uh, which there's the four of us plus Austin. So a total of five. Um, you're, you're missing uh, Umberforth. He was a temporary, he was a roommate for a short period of time. All right. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, um, probably, I don't know. I may leave him out because I think I took his spot, actually. <laughs> yeah, worked a little, know. worked a side deal. I remember, I'll tell the story briefly. Uh, Umberforth wanted out of the Sunset House and I wanted out of uh, the Sprig House. Oh my God, that was a shithole. And uh, so I approached Unreferth and said, Hey, let me take your spot. I'll take over your rent. You take over mine. You want to live at home anyway. And uh, the Sprig rent's cheaper than the Sunset rent. So um, he drafted up this six page contract and uh, we both signed it, notarized it. And uh, a couple weeks later, I was moving into the Sunset house. That's fascinating. Okay, I know I you guys switched that. spots, but I did That's not how realize there was a six-page yep. contract involved. Oh, yeah. It was notarized and everything. Yeah, yeah. He was a stickler. So, so, I know, so anyways, the idea was to stack rank roommates. And I thought it would be funny. Now that we have all four of us, I think it would be really funny to go through and, all right, first place roommate, second place roommate, third place roommate, fourth place roommate. You could throw fifth place if we're including Matt or, or including Austin. Uh, if you want to keep it us four, that's fine too. Whatever you want to do, I want it to be funny and quick. So maybe a story on why the first person is first, but a definitely a story on why who finishes last. Now, full caveat: we all had fun living there. No hard feelings. If you're yeah. last, it, you're last. Great place, and it was awesome. So, I but like I thought this would be a good. A lot idea. of feelings here. We're gonna hurt yeah. a lot of feelings here. <laughs> so. Anybody, any takers to go first? I guess, gosh, I'll do this. I feel so bad. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess, uh, what's the criteria here? Is it best roommate or like who you were closest with or, or what? Dealer's, dealer's choice. Whatever okay. All the above. Your fancy. All of the above. Um, do we start with fourth place or, or go to first and then second? Your choice. Dealer's choice. Okay. Whatever, we're going to go first want. place just so there's like a drum roll to see who's last. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd say probably just um, because we were so close with like working together um, and and just spent a lot of time together. I'd say Travis, probably number one, um, kind of carried this over in when we lived off of Olive in St. Louis, too. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, man, he was just an all around great roommate, a stickler for the yard. Uh, damn it. Don't leave your dishes in the sink. We're going to give this one to Lucas. Dernberger, he was number two. Um, uh, played a lot of sports. Intramurals were big with Lucas too. Uh, don't don't even think about like dropping a fly ball or something like that. But um, man, um, number three. Uh, shoot, probably probably Amac, and and no no disrespect to him, but we just had varying schedules. He was like really responsible at the time he worked full time and, and we were just trying to figure out which bar we were going to the next night. And, uh, so yeah, we just had different schedules, but, uh, funny dude, great guy. Um, and then that leaves four and I don't know if everyone's counting, but I guess it'd be Steve. And really what pissed me off about it was we, didn't know if we should like watch TV in the living room if it like interrupted when Steve was supposed to be sleeping, because uh, that was that was his you know that was his room. Um, but yeah, it kind of got awkward. Like 
you know, he left his dirty socks everywhere. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just, it was kind of a weird transition there when, when, uh, you know, you had a buddy like just crashing your main living quarters. Can so. I, uh, can I, can I counter that just real quick? <laughs> yes. yes, Steve, please. So for the record, Matt, I'm pretty sure you were always the first person that went to bed. So I oh. know how. <laughs> That's false. Watching television while I'm trying to go to sleep was anything to do with your reasoning. more in the morning. You were a you were a, a late riser. I will and, uh, also counter that because we all went to work at the exact same time. But anyway, no, not when you had that weird weird class schedule. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Lucas, I think you should go next. Oh, okay. Oh God, I'm nervous. So I put some thought into this. Um, yes. I, it was alluded to in, in, in Matt's rant that I'm a little bit of a clean person, uh, and I am. Uh, I like things, think things have their places, and they should be where they should be. Um, saying that, I think Austin picked up on that, and uh, I think he's probably one of the best roommates because he, even though he took the entire uh, the the entire deep freeze downstairs was full of his of his frozen meals. Uh, that's right. <laughs> that was that was about the only knock against him was was that he he took up majority of the deep freeze for frozen meals. Um, but given that he didn't use dishes, so except for a fork. Uh, <laughs> um, so he and, and, and he was quiet. He was, he was in his room a lot. If he wasn't at work, he was in his room uh, doing his own thing. He was quiet, and that's that's all. That's perfectly fine with me. Um, Oh, then man. I'd say number number two. I'd probably say, uh, probably say Matt because he he was kind of he was kind of a neater kind of guy. Uh, uh, man, there's a trend here, Luke. It's all about cleanliness with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't like living in a, in a, in a fucking pig pen. <laughs> Damn. And then I didn't. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so then it comes to Travis. Travis was going through a big uh, a big. Uh, spit phase at that point in time and there was there was uh there were zip cups left in most rooms different different spit cups different rooms so there was one in the living room on the coffee table and there's usually one, yeah steve's room there's one usually in the uh dining room where there was a ping pong or beer pong table uh probably one or two in his room which was the biggest room in the house and he just kind of lounged there and and, and sweated a lot a lot of sweat happened in that room so uh, I, I say that that was that was kind of a knock. I mean, I I, I, I enjoyed the hell living there. It wasn't a bad. It wasn't had no had no issues living there. It was just uh, I mean, dip dip dip, dip cups. And then, and then and then Steve, like I said, you were only there for about a month before I lived before I moved out. And you, were, you were living in a van down by the river. I mean, in, in, our, in our in our living room. So it was honestly. I was waiting for you to say that because I didn't have an official room. That yeah. the barely amount of stuff that I had was in the living room, and it pissed you off. I was waiting for that. That comment, I don't think it pissed so. me off. You, you you kept it hidden for the most part. It's just it was inconvenient to creep out of the room, creep creep out of the house, creep in the house if you were in bed or whatnot. So, oh man, I, that list. I I, 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 I apologize for being going. for being homeless. So, <laughs> um, Steve, you want to go or you want me to? Uh, you want me to go? You know what? I will. Uh, I'll go next. Okay. Um, so I, I think number one is going to be Trav because ah, damn it. it was actually his idea to have me come 
come move there before I was allowed to move there. Um, anyway, on, by that point, we actually lived together for quite a while. Um, second, I actually, I would actually put Lucas because Lucas let me move into his room when he decided to move out. So I wasn't once again, homeless. Uh, so thanks Luke. I appreciate that. You even gave me your bed actually. Pretty sure. Or at least your, your, uh, your springs. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause again, I was homeless and didn't have a full on, um, bed. So thank you for the charity that you gave me. Uh, third, I will have to actually say Austin, <laughs> Um, just because, um, to be honest, I never saw, we never, I feel like I, I, I underestimate how much we actually saw that dude. Uh, right. sometimes I think thinking about it now, we forget that that guy actually lived in the house, uh, sometimes. Um, and, except for when he would bring, except for when he would bring, bring, bring home some, some random slicing kids. That's where he's from. Some, he, 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 he brought two or three random slicing kids and I'm like, who? the hell these guys and they would just creep in and out of the back room or the, the, the back area where Austin lived and that he had his own entrance and such and so it was kind of a he was he was quiet and strange at the same time and, I, and unfortunately the uh, the last place and uh, this is no disrespect but uh, the last place goes to, goes to Matt and the only reason is because I think you thought your job was to uh, push my buttons uh <laughs> To the point yeah. where there were a couple times at bars I actually thought I was going to punch you in the face. Really? No offense. <laughs> I love you to death. Yeah. You were in my wedding and you're, you're my guy. But uh, yeah, I think you thought your job was, and you were good at it. So yeah. I guess we just have to take it for what it's worth. But uh, if, we're, if we're talking about when individuals want to punch individuals in the face, um, my, the day after my wedding when I was called, I was actually on my way to Leopold um, to open gifts. I think Lucas might have called me and said, hey, do you mind running Steve down to Leopold with you? He can't find his keys anywhere, and he's trying to get back to St. Louis. And I'm thinking, you know what? No, I, I actually don't want to do that the day after my wedding because I, here's what's going to happen. We're going to get to Leopold, and his keys aren't going to be there, and then I'm going to have to babysit Steve all day. So, yeah, that, that wasn't happening. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, if I was in your shoes, I would have said the exact same thing. Like, I get yeah, it. I, I hear you, buddy. I, hear I understand. So, that's my list. Oh, Travis, Travis, close this it down great. for us. Yeah, I'm going to bring us home, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it fairly quick. Um, I I think back on Sunset, and uh, Matt is number one in my my opinion. That was uh, – we were super close at that time. Uh, hung out, worked at the same place. That was uh, definitely – based off of just that alone, uh, was there. Um, the next spot, so, uh, was a little bit tricky for me because I do remember me and Luke button heads a little bit on, uh, the cleanliness factor and, uh, full disclosure. Uh, I no longer do that nasty habit. Luke mentioned yeah. earlier. I just want the world to know I quit that one. Thank goodness. But there was a time where I was really, really bad at that. And when you were describing your situations with the cleanliness, you know what I kept coming in my mind. Do you guys remember that damn dishwasher? How you had to roll it over to the freaking sink, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> connect yeah. it to the faucet. I to was run the it. only one that loaded it and unloaded it. Yeah, I, I remember that thing perfectly. That, yeah, that's actually. I just false. remember watching you huffing and puffing in there. And so for that reason, and that reason alone, I put Austin two, Luke three. 
And uh, more or less, I, I, I do. I, it's fond memories thinking back and like it, it really was real. I mean, Austin was a grown man, like working a full time job. And like you guys have all kind of alluded to. I mean, it was kind of kind of funny that he was living with us and we were just we were definitely still in college mode. And he, he did a good job of bouncing back between grown man and, and college mode. But it uh, you could definitely tell he had more responsibilities than we did. Um, and then. Uh, Last, and, and certainly not least, Steve, you're the best man in my wedding, so it's clearly not uh, any hate, but I put you last because I was trying to think through the time period that you actually lived in Lucas's room versus when I left to move back up to St. Louis. It wasn't that long, was it? No. I don't know. Like it was a I couple was trying of, to think of that, too. Two months? I, could, I couldn't remember, but I, I my, remem- my memories are largely about walking in the door and seeing your futon right to the right <laughs> and thinking... God fucking dang. <laughs> like, you know, but I don't really remember like I, six months I, of like stuff. I don't know. Maybe I can tell you. I can tell you. I think, I think Lucas's room, I think Lucas's room opened up for quite some time and Steve actually elected to still stay in the, in the family room. <laughs> he liked it. It's comfortable. Very, very <laughs> colder very. down there. That's for sure. It wasn't. It wasn't more than anywhere between four and six months. So you're right. Like I said, I was home. There's a blur. It's a real blur. No, but I uh, I appreciate guys doing this. I I felt like this would be a funny segment, and uh, you know, luckily the folks that are listening still are are super uh, either friends of friends or or friends of us, and so it's. uh, I think they'll find this uh, to at least be funny. So, Steve, anything else you want to add, man? Um, no, actually, this is this has been great. so what I love about doing doing this podcast is the just just the, the range of things that we talk about, and I think this episode was a pretty good indication of that. Um, you know, you know, Matt and Luke once you know, for, thank you so much for taking the time to c- come on here and and you know talking Rough. shit on all of us. Um, <laughs> it's it's been it's been a lot of fun, but it's been really great. You know, getting to hear your guys' stories and, uh, you know, of your, of your guys' you know, career paths and, you know, just things that you, you guys like to do, um, you know, because that's what we ultimately want to do is, is, is share that with the world. Um, and I think that's, that's going great so far. Um, you know, I, all I will say is, um, you know, thanks again. Stay, stay safe. Uh, hopefully quarantine's not kicking your guys' butt out in Cape Girardeau too badly like it is here in St. Louis. Um, and, Keep cheersing. You know what I mean? Can I, yes, sir. Can I plug a, a, a few podcasts and and, and, and and movies that I'm that I'm going to be in, like Mark Richard did? Or... <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, hey yeah, love you, you Mark. Let's you wanna, hear it. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. You want to send them to me? I'll read them off for you. That's uh, that's funny, Matt. What's uh, what is the name? If if somebody down there was interested in uh, picking up a side by side, don't you got like a website or something they can go to? Nah, no website. Just uh, I advertise uh, on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. Uh, Landco Power Sports LLC uh, created that uh, first part of uh, nineteen, just to kind of keep it separate, personal to the business. And uh, yeah, so keeping it rolling. And Luke, you said that was Scotts for your lawn, right? Scotts. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the good stuff. And it may be a little more pricier than the generic store brand from Menards, but I mean that it, it works. Oh, cool. Worth the splurge. I like it. I want to make sure the audience knew that. So. Yeah. yeah. Travis, you got anything final words? 
Yeah, I, uh, I just, again, thank you guys for listening. It means the world to us, uh, watching the downloads and, uh, you know, sending back and forth between Steve and I, the numbers and who's listening and what episodes are hitting. Um, it, it's helping, helping direct us in uh, a direction I think you guys want us to go. So uh, appreciate the DMs, the feedbacks, all that. Um, remember to rate, review, and uh, share the podcast. Um, and uh, give us a like uh, on uh, on Instagram at the Happy Hour Hangout. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Happy underscore Hour Pod P O D at the end of that. Um, and uh, again, please uh, please share it with your friends if uh, if you find uh, any value here. Uh, hopefully, you took away at least a little landscaping, maybe some potential side hustles. Your your wheels are turning. Um, if nothing else, maybe you just enjoyed a little bit of laughter there on our uh, our, our stack rankings of uh, roommates. Try that with your own friends. I'm sure that that'll be a, a hot topic and. <laughs> And something funny to laugh about so that's what i got cheers i appreciate you guys and uh thanks again guys you bet that's awesome. yeah cheers.